Thanks so much for listening in to the Saints Hill Church podcast. Our vision is to see heaven come to earth, and we do this by equipping the saints to know who they are in Christ, to walk in freedom through the truth, and to make disciples who change the world. We hope this message draws you further into relationship with our Father. And if you would like to give to the mission of Saints Hill, please visit our website at saintshill.church. And thank you. Your generosity helps to keep Saints Hill going. Now, on to the message. In you I find my joy. Uh, this evening we're going to cover a lot of different types of scriptures, but there's one that's just going to... Um, we're going to bounce off of, and, and I want to read that together. It's in Proverbs 4, verse 23. So we're standing on the word. Let's put it up here. Um, let's all declare this over ourselves uh, out loud. Okay, Proverbs 4, 23 says this. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let's do it one more time. One, two, three. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that one of your names is Counselor, so we open ourselves up to your counseling tonight. Holy Spirit, I love and I'm so thankful that it's one of your great joys is to, really, is to show us Jesus. So Holy Spirit, would you reveal Jesus tonight? Lord, would you uh, have a lot of different thoughts swirling around, and so I just pray for the spirit of joy and grace over me, Lord. God, I pray for the people in here that are listening to me. Would you help them get it? Would you help them understand, uh, not for the sake of me, but understand you? May we leave more in love with you, Jesus. We submit to your leadership. Everyone says, amen. You may be seated. This evening, I'd like to propose... That much of your victory in tomorrow's spiritual battles is directly proportional to how you manage and guard your heart today. I will. Much of your victory in tomorrow's spiritual battles is directly proportioned to how you manage and guard your heart today. Proverbs 4.23 in the NIV, which we just read, I'm going to read it again. It says, above all else, oh, the Lord's serious about this, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. I'm going to read, uh, read it in the Passion Translation. I kind of like to just say paraphrase more than translation, but I like to read it every now and then because it's just mucho caliente, los es spicy. Um, it says this, listen carefully says this, so above all, I love this, guard the affections of your heart. I love that language, guard the affections. Think desires, think love, more on that later. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention. What does paying attention look like? Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Lastly, probably my favorite translation of this verse is actually in the New King James. I like it because the New King James is a little bit just intense. How many of you like intense? I, I'm intense. New King James says this, keep your heart. I like that. Think about your heart. Think about what's in it. Keep it with all, say all, diligence. 
Good job. Say all diligence. For out of it spring, I think of like a trampoline, like your heart's like the trampoline, and out of it springs the issues of life. Just what's in here just springs out. So guard it with all diligence. Say, I love that. I love the, this type of language because it just sounds important, right? It sounds almost like urgent, like um, almost just like army type language, like guard, be diligent, right? The definition of the word diligence is careful and persistent work. Another definition says constant and earnest effort to accomplish what is undertaken. So what does that look like to guard your heart? Be constant, have earnest effort to accomplish guarding your heart unto the Lord. Diligence. So it's probably obvious at this point, but tonight I want to just have a simple talk about what it means to guard our hearts, guarding our hearts. What does that actually mean? Who and what are we guarding our hearts from? How do we do this? Like, like, is it practical? Is it just something we speak over ourselves? See, I've found in my own life at times, and I've talked to other Christians, I for sure have seen it in how I live or other people live, things that they say that over time, there can be so many things that just kind of slip past us, just slip through or into our heart. And, and we just kind of act like they're normal, like that's just part of normal living. But we, we're going to destroy that stuff tonight. Amen. See, it makes me think of that song, because um, I'm a worship pastor, I just think about songs and, and new songs and different songs of the seasons, and it makes me think of that song. At one point, we all know it, King of My Heart. Do you know that song? And you got to pay attention to songs that, that really catch wind and that multiple churches are singing, because you're like, oh, I think the Lord is, really has a message behind this. And at one period of time, it was just King of My Heart was just everywhere, right? And... Uh, I, I was just reminded of that song because especially in this time with everything that's heightened, because how many of you know, honestly, maybe I should pay attention less, but the crazy hasn't like died down, right? And this, we're in a time right now where if you don't let the, the Lord be the king of your heart, the world will. If the Lord is not the king of your heart, the world will. So I want to talk about the heart. Next slide. The heart. See, when you said yes to Jesus, when you made him Lord, when you in your heart with faith put trust in his lordship, your heart was changed. Something happened to your heart. The Lord gave you a new heart. He gave you new desires, a new love, right? I think about, quote, like there's songs like right now talking a lot about the first love. See, when he enters into your life, this new heart actually gave birth to this new standard of love. The first love. We know that no one just found God. No one just stumbles upon Jesus. See, for some of you in your testimony, it may, may feel like that, but we read in John, uh, 1 John 4.19, we love because he first loved us. So ultimately, I, I would propose that the Lord actually wooed yourself to him first. Your heart was changed and now beats for him. But it's because he had a heart for you that was beating for you first. See, he initiated love. He took the first step. He modeled love, and therefore, our heart now loves him in return. So you've been given a new heart. Some of you for sure know this to be true, because when you came to the Lord, when you felt his love, you actually started to feel different, right? You started to look at the world differently. When you felt his love, um, and, and I hear this in most testimonies, 
you, you feel or experience God's love for the very first time, right? You, you maybe see how he sees you, and you, you have an encounter with love. Your heart gets set on fire with fresh, new affection for the Lord. You get a new heart. I'm definitely not saying that this, this can't happen. Uh, like, I rarely hear people's testimonies where it happens where it's like, I was convinced into relationship with God. Like, that's happened, right? Or like, you, I, I, don't, I rarely hear, like, I had a thought about God, and then it just like, now I'm giving in my whole life. A lot of times, it is this encounter with love. And I would also argue, think about your walk with the Lord. Probably the most major growth you had as a believer was fueled by this new heart and fresh love. Then over time, I've seen this, that knowledge comes to puff us up and you forget about your first love. Talk about that later. That's why we hear songs about reminding us of our first love, right? But our new heart and affections and desires are what got us into that communion in the first place. So along the way, we got new knowledge that puffed us up and forgot the first love. See, I'm sure there's tons in this room that can think of when you gave your life to the Lord, your heart truly was different, right? Like holiness hit you. You started to desire new things. The Bible talks about the old has passed away. I don't know if right when you came to the Lord where the, where the old just started to feel kind of wrong. Like something, like you started seeing the world in color. Did, am I speaking to anyone? Okay. Next slide. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I have, I have this uh, just on the, more as you could take photos of this as reference, but I'll read these to you. So Ezekiel eleven nineteen twenty says this. And I love this. This is under in the Bible, in your Bible, under uh, the passage. It says the promise of Israel's return. Ezekiel says this, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from their heart a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. That heart of flesh, um, scholars say it's actually, one scholar said this, and I love this, is of, a heart of stone can't bear seeds, but a heart of flesh is something fresh and alive that actually is able to bear seeds. Then they will follow my decrees. So this is awesome. Track with me. You get a new heart, and then because of that new heart, they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people, and I will be their God. Another time in Ezekiel 36, 25, 26. Next slide for reference. Uh, 36 says something very similar. And when I read this, just hear the good news in this. Like when I read this, this ought to make you smile. I will sprinkle clean water on you. Wow, thank you, Lord. And you will be clean. That's a promise. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Here we go again. I will give you a new heart. Say new heart. And put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Another translation of that last line, I love this. Listen to this. I'll replace your heart with one that is sensitive to me. See, we were designed to love God. We were designed in our heart to love his ways, to desire righteousness. We were designed to have wild affection for the Lord. You were designed for passion. This love, this new heart is what pushes our life into new realms of passion for the Lord. 
So you do crazy things when you are in love. Can I get an amen? What's beautiful is you have a new heart, you have new love for the Lord, but it also takes trust and surrender to your free will. This is what I mean. He gives you a new heart to love him, but he still gives you dignity to have a free will. What I mean by that is because he wants us to trust and therefore choose him. He knows what it does to his creation when his creation chooses to love him. See, I so believe if you've like been around here, you know we, we really value just like right thinking, wisdom. I, I love that, just big truth guy. See, so I believe Christians should have tons of knowledge of Christ. But I, I do believe that as Christians, we should most importantly be known for our love. We should be known for our passion for Christ. So think for a second. Take inventory of yourself. Are you truly, ultimately, known for your heart for the Lord? Are you personally known by your peers, people around you? Are you known for your love and passion for Christ? Do you exude joy from this and people know it? Are you, or are you more known for your job? Are you more known for, about, because of your money, your degree? Are you more known for, this is, this is the kicker one for me, are you more known for what you do for God or who you are in Christ? I'll say that again. Are you more known for what you do for God or who you are and have become in Christ? Our new hearts are the foundation to our whole way of living. Now I want to read a couple more scriptures just in case you didn't believe me that you have a new heart. These ones specifically, uh, because in these next verses, we'll see why we have a new heart. Jeremiah 24-7, I think that's up there too, yeah, next slide, says this, I will give them a heart to know me. Wow, that's good news. So you ha- you're, you're going to be given, or you were given a heart to know God, that I am the Lord. Now get this, they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. So it may start to sound redundant here, but you get a new heart. And then he says, they will be my people and I will be their God. See, with this new heart, God is also now making a covenant with you. You are now, with this new heart, in a covenantal relationship with the Lord. In other words, you are married to Christ. So covenant. Later on in Jeremiah, it says this, very, very like uh, similar to the things we've read, but it says this, I will give them singleness of heart and action so that they will always fear me and that all then will go well for them and for their children after them. Do you feel God's good heart in this? I will make, here we go, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them, and I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. That's in your Bible. So when we came to the Lord through this initiation of love, we got a new heart, and then we got a new covenant. This is like basic stuff, but it's good to be reminded. So we are in relationship with God. You're not in religion with God, okay? You're not in church with God, but you're in relationship with God. You're married. There's a covenant. 
So to bring it full circle, our main scripture tonight is this. In all diligence, above all else, guard your heart. So we talked about the heart, and now the Lord's telling us, guard that. And so, if, if, if I can, guard your covenant. Your heart came with a, with a covenant. Guard your, guard your covenant. Now, I'm sure in here growing up, uh, raise your hand if you growing up in the church, or maybe just you kind of heard that phrase, guard your heart. It's kind of like a Christian-y, I mean, it shouldn't be, but it, it is. Guard your heart. Growing up, I always kind of heard like, yeah, hey, sister, hey, brother, just make sure you're guarding your heart. And really what it was just saying is like, hey, be careful out there. World's messy, world's dirty, guard your heart. Which, side note, it's just Christians can be so weird sometimes. It's like, just say, be careful. Don't be like, hey, guard your heart, brother. It's like, or just say, be careful. Um, Sorry. People are like, where is Alex Rutman? But on that note, I was thinking about some of the first times that I heard uh, this phrase, guard your heart, in the church and kind of what the context was. And when I was thinking about this, I, I thought what came to mind was about three different like times I've heard it, three different contexts. The first one was in Christian dating. I don't know why guard your heart was just always with Christian dating. I'd hear like, hey, this person hasn't dated in a while. They took a year off for the Lord. That's beautiful. If you're in that, Blessings. And that's probably a good idea. I don't know. Ask him. You haven't dated in a while. And so it's like now that they're about to date, it's like, hey, really make sure that you guard your heart. And to be honest, when I heard it, it was mostly to the girls. It's like the guys didn't need to guard their hearts or something. Like the boys are rotten or something. But it's fine. So it was always the girls just like, hey, guard your heart. I'm obviously kidding, but half kidding. Um, But essentially what this was saying again was, hey, protect yourself. And I'm not down on this. I like we use wisdom, and we got to be careful. Uh, but it had this motivating factor of fear, right? Don't give out too much trust. You may get hurt. That doesn't sound biblical to me, but it's fine. We'll talk about that later. A little bit more fear-based, self-preservation. Don't open yourself up too much. Now, obviously, with dating, different things, we need wisdom from the Lord. We need His protection. Uh, but we aren't called to live in fear and self-preservation. So I'd hear guard your heart with dating. So the, per- the perspective a lot of times when hearing this was, hey, you're super clean on the inside. Make sure nothing comes in to contaminate you. Um, and instead of saying we're more than conquerors or you're filled with light so darkness can't get in you and actually that you are called to make mountains move, none of that. It was just more guard your heart. Be careful. Thank you. Uh, the next, I always heard, guard your heart, uh, like kind of the statements or lessons or sermons in the context of uh, what you did in life. And this is an important one. Maybe it was because I was younger, but I just always heard the guard your heart thing of like, guard your heart, don't watch those raunchy evil movies. Don't listen to rap music, don't dance. Um, which obviously, uh, we know that... Um, we need wisdom there too, right? This isn't, what I'm getting at is this is more than just, that's just common sense as a Christian. Don't watch those things. But I think guarding your heart's a little bit uh, different. So I'd hear, hey, don't watch that horror movie because it, w- it will let demons into your bedroom and you'll have bad dreams for a week. 
I'm just talking real here. I don't know. Sorry. This is just what I heard, right? I'm, but, and, and this is probably true. This is super true. I'd hear, guard your heart. Don't watch too many Harry Potter movies. <laughs> and this is actually true for me because I'm going to Universal Studios in Florida next week. But you'd hear this. Hey, don't watch Harry Potter movies because if you do, then in a week when I'm in Universal Studios, I'll, something will come over me and I'll just want to buy Harry's wand in the store. Don't watch it. You're going to open it up, and you're going to want his wand. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. And they, please hear me. There is a lot of wisdom in this um, because it is super true. What comes in determine what comes out. That's true. That's very true. I'm not dogging on this. What comes in determines what comes out. But still, when I heard this growing up, I, I feel like now growing in the Lord, it was fear-based living. It was, you can't trust yourself, you can't trust the evil wor world, so guard your heart. See, the Lord is building this kind of beautiful garden in you, and so you need to put walls up and preserve it. I'm for that. What comes in definitely determines what comes out. But it may seem very, very slight, now track with me here, very slight and subtle, but I would say this. There's one way of fear-based living, and there's another way of motivated by love and covenant. Oh, we're going to go there. Our guarding is not from something, but our guarding is for something. I would argue it's actually much more on the offense than on the defense. See, many believers are way more concerned. Oh, here we go. If you're angry at me, my email is alex at saintsill.church. See, many believers are way more concerned about being spiritually defensive than being spiritually on the offense to take ground back from the enemy. See, for example, with the bad things of this world, it's, it's super true that when we fail to protect our hearts, ungodly influences can for sure flow in. It's a true thing. But there's a subtle perspective difference here. Is self-control is in the fruit of the Spirit. It's fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits of the Spirit. So self-control isn't just a separate fruit that only bears in a certain season. <laughs> no, there's one whole fruit of the Spirit that has all those characteristics. Self-control is in the fruit. Now get this. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Self-control is the byproduct of living in full covenant with the Lord. I'm going to say it again. Self-control is the byproduct of living in full covenant with the Lord. See, we show or we reveal our self-control in the way that we protect our covenant. In the way that you protect your marriage with Christ reveals your self-control. See, true freedom is active. It's on the offense. It's abundant. The other is not. True freedom comes from a motivation of love. This is very important. This one truth has like shaped my life. That True freedom comes from saying yes to the right thing way more than saying no to all the wrong things. One is motivated by fear, focusing on saying no to tons of different things. And the other one is seeking first the kingdom, having love for Jesus, saying yes to him. And you start to see that the world grows strangely dim. Maybe this is for someone. I think it's for that baby. Sounds like my baby. Is it my baby? No, I don't know. But bless the baby. I love hearing the babies. See, when we guard our hearts and protect covenant, 
This maintains and also grows kingdom attributes. See, pay attention to your guarding and what it's motivated by. There are a lot of Christians, I've been there before, that are guarding out of self-preservation. They call it discernment, they call it wisdom, but it's motivated by fear. How do I know that? Because I see their lives, I've seen my life, and what keeps growing in them is more fear and more defense. Oh, gosh. Just reread your notes, and you're like, I'm going to get in trouble. But I'm going to do it. I'm going to open up a can of worms and then make it worse and then not clean up the worms and then just walk away. Here's another way that I heard guard your heart. There's a period of time where Christians, including myself, love the book Boundaries. That's a book. If you don't know, it, it's a book. It was almost like a rite of passage type of book in, the, in Christianity. Like everyone and their mom was shocked if you've never read it. And the book's about setting up relational boundaries to bring about health. I love it. I'm all for that. Please hear me. I'm all for that. Relational boundaries that bring health. It's beautiful. But hear this. I actually saw more hurt and offended Christians motivated by fear setting up these boundaries. What happened is they called it wisdom. They called it guarding your heart without dealing with unforgiveness, pain, without finding full healing in the gospel, and actually was self-preservation. How did I know that? The, fir- the fruit produced more fear and more defense. Boundaries are amazing for healthy relationships. I have them. But they're, they're healthy when they are there to protect covenant, love, and kingdom attributes. So you need to be very clear here. If there's any type of abuse in a relationship... There for sure has to be a fully just filled up, know who your identity is type believer that sets up a boundary. Why? To protect attributes of the kingdom. Peace, wholeness, shalom, rest. If something is coming against that, you need to guard it out of covenant, but not putting up a wall of fear, disappointment, or hurt. So at times I ask myself, am I guarding myself from something or am I guarding some, uh, am I guarding my covenant? Am I making some type of sense? Oh, help. So my major point here is the world says guard your heart one way, and the Lord tells us to guard it another way. To guard your heart means to protect your covenant with the Lord. So what's in your heart? Think about your heart. What has been transformed because of the kingdom of God in your heart? What has been built? What history has been built between you and the Lord? And make sure nothing comes in between you and his love. That sounds like being on the kingdom offense. Why do we do that? So that we are full and can display what right communion with God looks like to a dysfunctional world. We don't draw back. We guard our covenant to show the world that we know how to shine in the midst of it all. So shifting gears a tad, um, I want to talk about how do you guard your government? Uh, government, whoa. Sure, we'll talk about that later, God and government part two, see you there. How do you guard your covenant? This is very simple stuff, but you just stay aware of your affection towards the Lord. You fall more in love with Jesus. Are you on, on a journey of continuing to fall in love with the person of Jesus daily? 
when you fall more in love with him, it leads to more trust. So the language that I kind of want to use for this of how do you guard this is next slide. Stay tender to the covenant. Staying tender is being always alive to Jesus' love towards you and your love towards him. It's growing in affection towards him. And dare I say, it's growing in emotions and feelings towards him. We say it a lot, and we know it's true. Uh, We say it a lot around here, is that Christians aren't called to just live off their emotions. That's pretty simple. Um, We've talked about that a lot. It's, It's in my own life, I can just speak for myself. When I live off my emotions, they're fickle, it's immature, and it's silly to do. But I do know the Lord's been speaking to me a lot about kingdom emotions that come from love. What's the next slide? No, we're fine. See, this is really important to talk about uh, in our church uh, because, like I said, we're a big truth church. We talk a lot about thinking the right thoughts, renewing the mind, wisdom. I'm all for this. And you're like, yeah, Jake, I know this. I know what God says about me. I know these things. But I want to remind us tonight that knowledge can puff us up. Knowledge can actually dry up your affection towards the Lord. Listen to this. Knowledge can actually take the place of knowing him. I wanted to talk about this in writing this message, and it may seem a little all over the place, so thanks for your grace. It's just because I've been, honestly, I guess I'll just say it, because I've been heavy with um, talking to a lot of people in our in our community and just hearing kind of the same things, which is totally fine, because I do it, I can relate completely. But hearing th- I, I've been hearing this a lot, and I just wanted to talk about it, is I know all the stuff. I know the declaration. I know the truth. I know all of the stuff, but I just don't feel that way. We've talked about this a lot too, but I've been hearing that. And what happens is you're like, I'm waiting for more knowledge. I'm waiting for something to become more true. And yes, I've, I've shared on this tons. It's truth that sets you free, but it's truth that sets you free because you are connected to him. See, just knowing this stuff is a dangerous place to be, to have all the knowledge but no heart. See, if you ever find yourself in those times of, I know all the stuff, but I just don't feel this way, it's those times that we need to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because he gave you a heart for covenant to him, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to stir up more love for him. Not more knowledge, to stir up love for him. See, God's purpose for you reaches its ultimate climax, not in just right thinking about him, but in right affections for him. And the right thinking about him is the right serving of the heart. Timothy Keller says this. Next slide. I love this. What the heart trusts, the mind justifies. The emotions desire and the will carries out. Everything follows the heart. See, both thinking and feelings are actually essential. You're like, whoa, is Jake really talking about feelings? But recently, the Lord was kind of challenging my love towards him and said, hey, you've gotten really smart over this last year. He's like, can we talk about that? I was like, sure. 
And he's like, hey, it's actually the affection for me that is the fuel to right thinking. Remember, knowledge puffs up. But to see that work out in your life is you being in love with Jesus. See, it's not just, I'm not talking about earthly emotions. I've heard Christians say this a lot too. God isn't afraid of my emotions. And trust me, he isn't. You're not that big. He's not afraid of your emotions. And then I hear people say, well, Jesus had so many emotions. He had so many emotions. And so, so that means I can. And most of the time I've seen that to justify us being angry or depressed. But then what happens is we clothe it as authenticity and being raw before the Lord. Those aren't kingdom emotions. This is my opinion. It's, it's not okay to, if you knew what covenant you had, it's not okay to be angry at the Lord. I've heard a lot of people just say that. He, he, he's fine with my emotions, so I can be raw. And you call it being raw and authentic before the Lord. And it's just something else. When in reality, that's producing more of that kind of the negative emotions. See, when I think about kingdom, kingdom emotions, I think of Jesus wept. Out of what? Out of love. If you go read most of Jesus' miracle stories, there's this phrase. Watch, go, go look it up for yourself. It's amazing. In almost all of his miracle stories, there's this phrase, Jesus was moved with compassion. And then this happened. That's a kingdom emotion. See, Jesus was moved with compassion, and then he goes and heals. See, it's one thing, our, some of our core values, Bria said it earlier, nothing is impossible and healing is for today. How many of you know you can go out and pray for the sick out of obligation for that truth? This is just how I've cho- chose to live my life. I, there, I have other, even friends that are this way. They are so eager to pray for the sick, and, and I am, and I want to grow in that. But it's like everywhere you go, it's almost like uh, it's like another notch on your belt. It's like another healing for that day. And yes, they're praying for the sick, and it's awesome. But I would argue there's, there's a difference between I'm going to show up to Fred Meyer and search down this person as a project, and then there's another one when I am in the same aisle as someone, and I see something, and I'm moved with compassion. One was motivated by a knowledge truth, and the other was motivated out of love. That's just how I'm going to choose to live. See, knowledge can puff up. So we're talking about the mind and the heart together. Thinking serves our affection, and affection serves our thinking. I know this because the devil, I was thinking about this other, the devil knows a lot of true things. He knows who God is. He knows a lot of true things, but he doesn't know the truth. He doesn't have the heart that we have for the Lord. Does that make sense? See, God created you with a mind with a heart, an organ of thinking, reflection, pondering, meditating, truth handling, and a heart. So a mind and then a heart, an organ of affection and emotion and feeling, inclination of the mind. All of this is rightly serving each other because the heart is to be set aflame with Christ so that our right thinking can bring truth to people that don't have the truth. Does that make sense? So what happens is we fuel our love, and what happens is out of when we see Jesus rightly, the truth will make sense. Pretty simple stuff. 
See, he doesn't just want your service or your right thoughts. He wants your heart. He wants your affections. He wants your life. Jesus wants to possess you. It's weird language for some people, but it's not a scary word. See, when you think about guarding your heart and different things in this world, there's so many different things that are trying to possess people. There's a lot of things in your life right now that are trying to get the upper hand and rule your life. There's a lot of false gods trying to govern your life. But church, why don't we just let Jesus do that? Why don't we let our, our covenant fuel us into more lordship instead of hurt, criticism, offense, and jealousy? Probably sound like a broken record here, but simply put, and this is my prayer for tonight, is that we would just fall more in love with Jesus. And I'm going to just talk a little bit more plain here. We need to fall more in love with Jesus to get those kingdom feelings and emotions brought back. Because most of the time, I think in my life, if I'm just being real, I just do the things that I like. Right? I love running. I love playing tennis. I just do those because they bring me a lot of joy. I love them. Right? So we do things that give us good feelings. What would it look like to grow in emotions with Jesus again? It's a lot easier to grab the declaration card and just read it over yourself. I've been there before where it's not enjoyable to go surrender fresh love in your room when no one's looking. Right? But we do the things we enjoy. So enjoy his presence again. So to end, am I speaking to anyone here? Does anyone feel encouraged? I hope so. Maybe it's just for me. Lord help. So, so to end, I just want to give, this is, maybe you guys will like this. We'll see. I like this. This fed my soul. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So to end, I want to give some like quick, rapid fire, practical ways to guard your heart. Are you ready, note takers? So next slide, a few things that will help you guard your heart. Testimonies. Remembering what God has done will stir up thankfulness and push you to more love for him and trust him for more. So focus on what he's done in your life. Do you have testimonies? In the midst of those times where you feel like you need to guard your heart, recount what the Lord has done. Another one that came to mind is, next slide. Meditate on his scriptures. Constantly reading what he has to say and what he has already said will push you in more love and make you guard your covenant. Not just waiting for the next prophetic word, but realize the Bible is an encounter constantly waiting for you. So read the word more. That's it. How do you guard your heart? We, we love the prophetic around here. I'm constantly living off of his voice. But also, to be honest, you can kind of live off the prophetic and not his voice. And it's those times where you just let life happen to you when there's a book of that same God on your bedside table just waiting to be encounter you. Meditate on the scriptures. Next slide. Say no to lies and fear. A great way to guard your heart. This is this this way. I, I've noticed with this saying no to lies and fear. It's a lot easier when you have the first two, when you have the scriptures in you, 
and you have testimonies of what he's done. So always guard your heart by strengthening yourself with your identity that comes from the finished work of the cross. Ooh, I like this one. Next one. Stay motivated by your marriage to the Lord. So simply put, you are married. You do everything with the Lord. You have dates with the Lord. You pour out praise on him. You serve him. You give him daily fresh love, not just when you need something. Love does not seek its own. So get prepared now for the wedding banquet that's at the end of this all. Lastly, to kind of end, more rapid fire for you. These are things that uh, I, uh, I was kind of thinking and even talking to my wife and some friends of just like, hey, especially for people, I'm so proud of us that we just know the truth and we're growing the truth. And we like weekly, I hear of people just being like, I am getting rocked by the truth of who God is and just lives are being changed. So it's beautiful. But I, I also was kind of searching my heart and asking the Lord, what are some things like how I said before that just kind of like, you have this good, amazing identity knowledge, right? But then these little things kind of slip in. And almost, to be honest, it kind of feels like it's like not sin. It's like, oh, this little thing. And you're like, oh, I know it's going to be gone in a couple of days. So it's like this kind of weird heart thing. And it's like, no, let's crush those. So I thought of a couple of those. So I think you guys will like this. Next slide. A few things that are crushed by covenant. Wow. So next slide. Jealousy and bitterness. Jealousy and bitterness is you want what someone else has or you are upset because someone didn't meet your expectation. Quote, this needs to happen for me to be fulfilled. This coffee meeting, this thing to happen, my church needs to do this for me to be fulfilled. That's, that bitterness can grow there. Next slide, let's see what this is. So here we go. How is it crushed by covenant? A jealous Christian doesn't truly know who they are or who they belong to. You are married to the person that has given you everything and has plans for you to prosper. He has the best timing for you. Stay thankful for your covenant. I'm getting fed. Next slide. This is one thing. Disappointment, depression, fear. These are things that just kind of like sneak in. You're like, oh, that was a couple weird funky days. But I still know who I am in Christ. I'm going to church, and there's tacos after. I'm going to be happy. But you just kind of have these things. Not okay. Disappointment, depression, fear is dreaming of your future without God in mind. How is this crushed by covenant? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. You have put hope in your future or circumstances, but true hope and love comes from focusing on staying close in covenant. Perfect love found in communion casts out fear. Well, that's something that sneaks in. Crush it with your covenant. Here's the last one, and then I'll be done. Busyness. Is that how you spell busyness? Wow, thank you. The other one is looks like business. Someone from Fox tell me later. But we'll do that. Busyness. <laughs> busyness can kind of come in sometimes. You're like, oh, I know who I am in Christ. But you kind of just get so busy that you're just like, it kind of, no one likes to be around you. And it's a little like you're kind of short, right? 
And that's one of those things where you're like, oh, if you're in covenant, that doesn't happen, right? So busyness. It's rushing or working for an identity. How do you crush it by covenant? Maybe this one's up here. God is patient. Covenantal love is patient. His yoke is easy and burden is light. You will always get good hard work done out of a place of rest. Move to the rhythm of love and relationship. Let's all stand. Thanks for listening. And if we can do anything to help you, or if you want to stay in the loop with what is going on in and around the church, you can follow us on Instagram, download the Saints Hill app in the App Store, or visit our website, saintshill.church. And the yoke is so much easier when I'm found.